You're listening to the Kaiju Feast Podcast. I'm Connor. This is Anthony. This week is... Godzilla vs. Hedora. You're listening to episode 28, I believe, of the Kaiju Feast podcast, a podcast dedicated to movies like King Kong, Godzilla, and Pacific Rim. Each episode will feature a different kaiju movie where we will break down the plot and give give our opinions on each film. I'm Anthony, and I'll be hosting this week, and alongside me, as always, is Connor. Good to be here. Hey, uh, been a few weeks. I feel like we say that every time, but hey, we're we're still plugging away. We're still watching movies. It's it's still, we get them out monthly, at least. We still still talk about them um, from time to time. Maybe not as much as we used to, but hey, we're uh, we're getting it done. Monthly's and... not bad. <laughs> um, I think for both of us, schedule changes, life changes, you know, things are happening. So yeah, we're fine. We're doing okay. yeah, we're good. We, we, I mean, we can't complain. <laughs> um, so this week we have Godzilla versus Hidora. Or Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, yeah. based on the localization of the movie. Um, initial thoughts. So this is my second viewing of this movie. Oh, um, my opinion on it didn't change much from the uh-huh. first to the second. I think okay. overall it's it's a solid okay. You know, it's okay. Just, it's it's just right there in the middle, yeah. probably underneath the 50th percentile. I'd pr- mm. probably rank it, you know, just somewhere in the 35th to 49th percentile. This, this movie would fall into. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's just okay. Um, there's a lot that I can talk about with this movie. Mm-hmm. Just in a, in a whole, like it's, it's, not a bad watch, but not the greatest Godzilla movie. I'm just right smack dab, just below the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think this is a pretty polarizing movie in the Godzilla fandom world. I was looking at some things uh, before we jumped on. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, I don't know if that even holds like any type of wait with a movie this old yeah but it's not that great some people call it like one of the worst godzilla movies in existence uh roger roger ebert is famous for saying that this is his favorite godzilla movie Mm. um some people think that the art direction and the visual style and some of the other weird quirky things about this movie are a um are like a uh enhances the movie and some people 
totally don't like them and hate them. Um, so a few people said that this was kind of like the beginning of the end. <laughs> That's a little dramatic, but jump the shark moment. And yeah, this is where they feel like Godzilla kind of jumps the shark and becomes like fully becomes like a basically just like a toy selling um, franchise type thing. Um <laughs> uh, so like yeah so basically polarizing lots of different thoughts on it i i think my take it's definitely memorable yeah and there is just like some weird things that they throw in um i, I think the monster hedera itself is i think is one of the better enemies and i say this probably every single time we do one of these but i think like i think the design and just kind of the execution was pretty awesome and i am uh i won't say that i mean i obviously like collect uh, in a very casual sense like godzilla figures and stuff like that like memorabilia and stuff definitely not on the level of of some people I see like on Instagram or, or, or Reddit or something like that, that just have these entire rooms or entire walls, like dedicated to all, you know, all these like memorabilia pieces and everything else. But I will say like Hedera as a character and as like a monster, as an enemy of Godzilla. I mean, I just tried to type in like, okay, like, Hey, if I wanted to like get a, uh, Hedora, I could keep calling Hedora or Hedora, but I'll do that I'm the not, entire time. I'm not sure on the exact <laughs> So if I wanted just like, oh, I, I want like a little uh, Hedora for my shelf or something like that, just to kind of like kind of a cool thing to look at. I just typed in like um, Hedora figurine. And I mean, you can't find anything for less than $100. Um, I mean, it's, it seems like it's just, uh, kind of burned itself into the, um, the psyche of like the average Godzilla, not maybe not the average, but like the Godzilla fans out there. And I don't know. I, I think it holds its, it's like place in the, in the fandom and in the, uh, in the series of movies that, that we've been kind of looking at. So. I know that's a long-winded answer, but I just wanted to kind of throw that all out there before we kind of dived into everything. No, you hit on something there about like it being one of the more recognizable ones where if I look through the uh, Showa era Godzilla movies, like that's the Criterion Collection, mm -hmm. um, you there's like at least five movies on here where I couldn't tell you what exactly happens, like Godzilla versus Gigan, Megalon, even between the two Mecha Godzillas. Like I know the their generalization of it. But I couldn't tell you exactly what that movie included and other ones in there, too. But then when you think of hear the name Godzilla versus Hedorah, I'm like, oh, yeah, the pollution monster. You, <laughs> you remember exactly what it is. You remember the weird out there direction that they go with, like the weird cartoons in the middle and the weird. Yeah, um, like almost looked like stock footage for some of the scenes. Like it just some of the sh footage was really weird. And like you remember that that's the stuff that I take away. So one thing I will give this movie is that it's out there and it's memorable in a really weird way, which I think is good for it because 
this movie probably at face value is would be i would agree with like probably towards the bottom but with its memory like being so memorable and the character and just that kind of stuff like it moves it a little bit closer to the middle for me like that's why Mm -hmm. i'm just teetering between like the bottom third to the middle is just because like it does have a little bit of that x factor to it where i'm i could recall it exactly what movie it was when you told me we're gonna do this movie i instantly remembered oh yeah that weird pollution monster movie (laughs) (laughs) like i knew exactly what was about to happen so uh, I'll, i'll give it that it is out there okay so maybe we can do like a, a little spin on kind of our normal um, kind of routine. What are like, what are the things that I want to hear? Like what, what detracts, what are the detractors of this movie for you? And then maybe we can kind of hit on a few things and then we'll kind of cruise through the, uh, through the plot. It's just like weird. Yeah. The, I think the one thing that really hurt this movie was the cinematography really some of the ways it was shot like i don't know man like just some of the footage was really like the there was a clearly a different lens or something used where some shots were super grainy and out of focus others were like clear as any other movie would be Mm. like for me that was just like a huge turnoff for me on during in this movie was just like the way some of the scenes looked And, and some of it was like really really shaky Mm-hmm. Um, when the kid is on the roller coaster, we're randomly in first person view for the roller coaster. All of a sudden, like, I didn't really understand that. Uh, that just meant to make us like dizzy and stuff like just stuff like that, where I'm like, this, the way this movie is shot is not sticking with the way the rest of the movie is flowing. Yeah. What, what was something with you? Oh, um, so I, I guess all of all of the earlier all the 60s, 70s movies kind of have this where there it kind of plods along for like like four and a half, five minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> where it could be like things could be a little bit accelerated. And I know that's limitations of the like technology and everything else. And um, you just have kind of these like long, like drawn out shots of the um maybe the two monsters are just like staring at each other or uh, maybe uh Hira is like, just kind of like flopping down the, down the road or something. <laughs> You're just kind of like, okay. I mean, I get it. Like at the time, you're probably like, Whoa, look at the, look at the sets and like, look at how crazy this, this looks. This is, this is awesome. Um, but it doesn't hold up with age, obviously um it just feels like i'm like okay like i'm interested but i'm starting to kind of get like kind of drawn out of it just because it's it takes five minutes or ten minutes for between each kind of beat for something to happen you know yeah um so that was kind of that was my kind of biggest detractor but overall like like i I don't know if i fully I, i went on a big old kind of explanation earlier but i don't i feel like it was i felt pretty positive kind of kind of coming out of this i was like this was this was pretty neat um so let's just kind of jump into the plot i'll, I'll kind of hop around a little bit and so we'll, we'll... one thing i do want to say though we could talk about this up front yeah, um, yeah. this is like the main just through line of the movie is the pollution aspect 
So mm-hmm. one thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was the fact that the, the director of this movie clearly just wanted to make an environmental awareness movie and his only mm-hmm. platform for that was a Godzilla movie. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's, it's clear. <laughs> like, you, you just got to do is like, all right, I, I need to make an environment movie. And OK, Godzilla wants me to make a movie. Cool. Toho wants me to make a movie. That, there it is. I'm going to create a pollution monster. Yeah. But it's interesting, though. Because I felt like in that era, you know, when the when the rat race starts in the fifties or so, and then pollution starts to pick up in the sixties and seventies, and then now mm-hmm. here we are in the twenty twenties, like paying the price right. for everything that happened. Like the the fishing was out of control then. The the amount of pollution was out of control then. And now it's finally starting to catch up to us uh fifty years down the line. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And now we're getting a lot more awareness about like what we can do to prevent this and what's going to happen even further. Like, you know, there's a lot of predictions like 50 to 100 years down the line of like this earth being almost inhabitable in some like extreme projections, you know, like just we are in trouble. So I like how this movie had the awareness at the time, like this director had the awareness at the time to say, like, guys, we're in trouble. Like, this is not good what we are doing to our environment. Um, so I like that he used this as his platform to send that message mm-hmm. uh, because it is an important message, especially I'm sure no one really took it serious at the time. And I'm sure he was in that very, very small group of people who were like, this is not good of what we are doing. And a very exaggerated form of that is here is this pollution monster <laughs> coming to take over, you know? <laughs> so I, I liked that aspect of it, that there was just the awareness in the seventies to even like put your foot down and say like this, this we're in trouble. Like we need to make a change to our environment. No. uh, So there was going to be like a, there's a lot of themes that I think uh, get thrown around. I mean, you nailed obviously the the biggest one and I, I totally 100% agree. I think there was a lot of um, experimentation maybe. Um, with some of the different things, I mean, we already kind of talked about like the different shots that they used, and I think we'll kind of touch on some of the artistic stuff and maybe some of the um, influences that they kind of got. But no, I, I thought it was really cool that, like, I mean, even early on, like in this movie series, like, you know, Godzilla is this kind of, at first, he's kind of this embodiment of like, the nuclear energy, like this nuclear kind of scourge that could Mm -hmm. like threaten the earth. And, you know, the themes kind of changed like through the times. And I mean, this was, I mean, like you said, like way ahead of, of, uh, of kind of where we're at now. And it was, um, yeah, I thought that was really cool as well. So it's the Godzilla King of the monsters of its era. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kind of like pretty bluntly, uh, I mean, opening the movie you, you right off the bat, it's not, I mean, it is, but it isn't kind of like a, a normal opening to one of these movies. You kind of get a direct look like they open with a song about how there's a bunch of pollu- pollution everywhere. And then yeah. there's just like crap <laughs> all over the, like all in the ocean. And they're saying like, Hey, you know, the ocean wants wants the blue water back and i can't remember the exact lyrics but kind of along the lines like hey we're 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 messing all this stuff up and 
here's the result. Yeah, that the was giant. their that was their uh, like credits platform, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we get that kind of opens up. There's a lot of imagery, like there's a clock kind of melting in in the sludge. There's like mannequins that are all broken to pieces. Um, you get the peaky eyes of like uh, of Hedera, like right off the bat. Um, so it's a pretty dramatic intro that kind of it reminded me of like a James Bond intro. Yeah, definitely for sure. I thought the exact same thing. The uh, kind of like the moving kind of fluid background. You've got yeah. a woman kind of like singing and dancing through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a little bit of of influence there, but I. Th- I that kind of tips you off to like, okay, this might be a little different than uh, <laughs> different it is than your run of the mill um, Godzilla movie. But we get the kind of these first couple like intro shots of this kid. He's got a um, speaking of Godzilla memorabilia. He's got kind of this toy collection that I, en- I envied. He's got a like a a big uh, display area like out in his yard. Um, that has like all his figures and he's playing with them on uh in his playground and everything question about that yeah um what's what's the lore there what's the canon of oh yeah that's good i mean a kid playing with godzilla and there was a Ghidorah. there there was a Ghidorah, right he had a Ghidorah. i think so did he or did he not have a mecha godzilla I think one of them just might have been painted like silver. Yeah, which is interesting because Mechagodzilla isn't even a thing yet. Yeah. In the series up to this point. So, as I don't know. I, don't, I didn't. Maybe some foreshadowing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, like, did they have this idea and then they. Were just oh, like, that's oh. kind of cool. Like, maybe it was a Easter egg before Easter eggs were even a thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was just like a. <laughs> like a blueprint thing like here's a model that we have for a movie down the line mm-hmm. uh, i don't want to make too much into it but i just thought that was interesting that i could have sworn i saw a mecha godzilla toy mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have to go back and look that's that, that's funny i, I missed that um but we kind of get an inside look at his home we get a an aquarium shot that kind of reminded me of the aquarium from um the original godzilla kind of like that oxygen destroyer kind of shot that we keep keep getting like kept getting over and over yeah um, a lot of aquarium shots like they <laughs> went hard on the aquarium this movie yeah um but anyways his father or his family are scientists um they live in this uh i guess um bay that has been just kind of inundated with with pollution, uh, this fisherman comes in. He's got like this weird creature with him. They're taking a look at it. It looks like a giant tadpole, and he starts kind of analyzing it. Um, and as they're kind of going through this, they're like, it's kind of like showing uh, new shots of <laughs> this giant of this monster smashing boats. So we kind of get our first kaiju boat scene. Mm-hmm. We see the monster smashing some. Um, some boats up uh, and the father is like, Hey, I, I need to go uh, figure this out. I need to, I need to get into this a little bit um, deeper, literally. So he goes for a dive in the, in the bay. Um, 
and out comes our kind of first shot of of uh Hidera. He kind of pops out of the water as like a giant tadpole. Uh the kid is holding a knife and like slices him down the middle, <laughs> which I thought was kind of strange. Um but he goes back into the water, lurks around a bit, and then goes straight for the dad. Um, burns him up pretty good, and then the dad is pretty much incapacitated for the remainder of the movie. Yeah. So he pretty much just lays there and explains to everybody, well, explains to the audience kind of what's going on. Um, so he's a pretty critical part of the uh, of the plot, I suppose. Yeah, he's like this weird exposition throughout the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Just like, what's going on? Let's go talk to him. <laughs> And he's like only seeing things like like horizontally from like a bed and like half his face like burned. So he's and like people are just telling him random things. It's like, okay, that's what we need to do. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he must have been overpowered and they had to like, nerf you him. know, yeah, nerf him a little bit at the start of the movie. So yeah. he wouldn't end it like five minutes in. So. <laughs> um. Uh, so we get kind of uh, the journalist element, not as pronounced in this movie as others. They just kind of show up to kind of get the ball rolling on like, hey, tell us what you saw. What, what do you think it is? You know, what's going on? And we get kind of a flurry of news clips about reports about Hidera uh, damaging everything and, and um, kind of showing up all over the place. And then we get our first shot of Godzilla, which is, uh, I think, overlaid on a like rising sun. He's kind of coming over the horizon. And I don't quite can, remember the exact shot. Yeah, he kind of like lets out this roar. Well, yeah. So th these are like these these sh different shots that we're not quite used to. Oh, up to this point in these movies, which I'm starting to kind of make note of, like in my head, like, OK, this is a little different. Mm -hmm. But um, so at this point, we kind of get the sense that this kid is pretty in tune with Godzilla. Oh, he claims like up to the point that he claims that godzilla has a telepathic link with him or he has yeah. these visions so i was um, like was this is that this movie in my room like <laughs> it's been i watched this like we were originally gonna record like two weeks ago or something so i watched it then so mm -hmm. like some of the little tiny details are a little fuzzy like the that shot you're talking about and then like i, I i'm like it was this movie where they said that he was like psychic with godzilla right like, <laughs> that's how out there this movie was yeah so I guess uh, are we are we the kid in this movie like like watching everything unfold out of his perspective like is that his imagination telling him that oh I love Godzilla so much that um you know yeah, I have... that's what I'm saying that like with yeah. the toys him playing with all the toys like what message is that sending because that doesn't make any sense to me mm -hmm. and then because surely like it people always use this example like um in the spider-man game for ps4 there's a scene where you go to like a halloween party 
And at the Halloween party, people are dressed up as like Green Goblin and all these different Spider-Man villains. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like a tip to the audience playing the game because in real life, if that was real life and we had a Green Goblin and all the Spider-Man villains whose goal is to kill people and destroy the world, like would we be... Um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like like celebrating that, you know? Cel- like yeah, like dressing up and like yeah, like you know, like we wouldn't be dressing up as some of the worst people in the history of the world. So like in the video game, like it, Spider-Man, like that game got some heat for that. Like saying you're, oh man, what is the word I'm looking for? It's not celebrate. Um, I don't know. There's a word that they use to describe him, but it's it's escaping me that you're uh. You're like creating them into like popular figures when really they're really bad. So that's why I was mm-hmm. confused on the whole kid playing with the toys. Like if there was a real monster, because in real life, like Godzilla destroyed cities, like he's killed <laughs> people. So like, would a kid be playing with a giant plush toy of? Yeah, yeah. There's thing? there's a couple other moments like that. Uh, like later on, there. The, both of the monsters fully show up. They attack each other and they destroy. They said like in the news report, like 300 buildings. And then the next day they all go to the amusement park. Like the amusement park is still open. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we get those random like first person shots of him on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, are we supposed to feel like we're on the roller coaster? Is that why they're doing this random like camera angle? And, and uh, I just, I don't know. There were some weird mixed signals going on with this kid. Yeah. So anyways, the kid thinks that he has a, a psychic connection with Godzilla. He may or may not. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, he, he makes this st- like statement like, Hey, if, if Godzilla saw all this pollution that the human, that humans generate, he would be so mad. And then boom, he shows up and starts, um i think that's when he shows up anyways uh his dad is kind of doing these experiments on the uh the creature that they found they realize that it can combine itself to make itself bigger it's made of like this living material um that doesn't feel pain and isn't like a regular uh earthbound organism so potentially it came from outer space yeah yeah. and then we kind of get our first shot of like the larger version coming to the shore and then bam hard right turn into the disco (laughs) this was a awesome power scene right here yeah, it would, yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I was totally expecting Mike Myers to just, yeah, baby. <laughs> just like pop out. <laughs> it was just so awesome powers. Uh, yeah, this, is, this is one of those scenes, though, where the movie starts to get weird, uh, if it wasn't already, uh, because we get this, and I think there was even a cartoon somewhere in there before when they were talking about, oh, man, I, maybe I'm mistracking the events but then we get into those cartoons a little bit later and it's mm-hmm. just like okay this movie is not like the typical movie yeah the <laughs> so i guess the vehicle for this is like the kid has a cousin um who's maybe like in his early 20s with like a girlfriend and 
they're kind of like these hip, like hippie, like disco party people. Um, and so throughout the movie, we kind of go on these little side quests with them that like let the movie kind of go in these weird directions. Anyways, while they're kind of all dancing at the disco, uh, Heater starts like literally munching on some smog. He, he kind of covers <laughs> up these big smokestacks and just starts uh, like powering up um, and boom, like Godzilla, it kind of intercepts him and, and shows up and starts kind of laying a smackdown on him where we think he's just uh puffing the magic dragon on that <laughs> smokestack and Godzilla puts an end uh, to it. yeah then we kind of get this it turns into like from like this party 70s disco thing into like a 70s like horror movie because uh, Godzilla is beating up um, Hedora and like sling, like stuff is like slinging off of his body, and wherever it lands, it's like melting people down to their bones or yeah. like suffocating them immediately. So you get these crazy shots where it's like the people are like working in the factory or something, and then like suddenly they get hit by this stuff and then their bones or like they just like are submerged and then you only see their hands sticking out. So. It's really, and I wasn't exactly clear on that because didn't they put like didn't someone put like a gas mask on, but then they were completely fine at one point. So that was one of the cartoons. It was like, hey, buy mm. a oh um, yeah 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 like, yeah buy a, a mask and you'll be fine. And but be it's safe. Like, yeah, I don't understand how the mask is going to prevent their skin from turning to nothing. <laughs> like i didn't understand that like does it inhale through them and then like work from the inside out is that how that works <laughs> I, I don't know i don't think we actually saw any of them maybe we did like wearing the mask like in the actual in the movie movie not the uh not cartoon. the cartoon yeah. um yeah it wasn't exactly clear on how the actual hedora uh gases work <laughs> Yeah, so we get this kind of 70s horror movie thing. The slime turns into... I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Blob. Um, I have not. I saw it as a child, and good gracious, did that movie, like, <laughs> shock me to my core. Like, <laughs> I mean, if we watched it now, we would just laugh at it. But, yeah, I mean, sure. when I saw it, I was, like, horrified. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's basically this. It's, like, just, like, this creeping blob of mass that just overtakes people and like turns them into bones anyways um so godzilla is kind of going through this kind of first little skirmish and that he figures out well we figure out everybody figures out that his atomic breath really isn't super effective um so hitero just kind of like says like okay uh peace out i'm out of here i, I got my snack mm-hmm. um Godzilla tries to follow him. He follows him into the ocean, tries to track him down. Um, but to no avail, because he turns up pretty quickly, I think. And everyone realizes, like, wherever he goes, he's leaving, like, this trail of damage. Like, everywhere he flies over or walks well, yeah, around. He, he transforms. So we haven't mentioned yeah. yet that he... That's true, yeah. This is, like, a Shin Godzilla thing where he will transform into different uh, like I don't know like he starts as like a tadpole and then he 
goes into like a little bit bigger. He just kind of grows. And then finally he turns into like a flying object. Mm-hmm. And that's when he starts leaving his trail everywhere. And they show people like outside working out and then they all become victim to it. And uh, so the forms was interesting. I think, uh, I think that was probably the first Godzilla movie to have like a, a form like that. Yeah. Am I correct? I was wondering the same thing. Uh, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but no, I, this obviously influences, I mean, generations of these movies. Cause yeah. you have like the ocean form, you've got like the flight mode. Um, and then you have like the ground mode. So yeah, that's a good point. Pretty sure this is the first movie to do the, the changing forms, but I don't quite, quote me exactly on that but it's still pretty cool it's pretty cool a little bit ahead of its time uh that they created this unique monster Mm -hmm. and felt like just the monster alone wasn't enough let's create multiple forms to it so it's gutsy and it paid off i thought it was cool no yeah i think that that kind of helps this this enemy kind of stick because Mm -hmm. it's like they're it's like very dynamic you know he can fly around jumps in the water he turns back into kind of the fish tadpole mode and um different things but um so after this fight the uh the scientist or i guess maybe there's the niece and nephew the partiers they find um a couple pieces of that were like left over uh, that i guess had were non-toxic at this point um they've they do some analysis on it. They realize that he's made of like pure mineral and sludge. Um, so they have to figure out a way that they can defeat him. But where did the sludge come from, Anthony? What caused all the sludge? Humans. Yes. (laughs) We created this monster. Yeah. (laughs) The the part, part of him fell from space um but then we did the rest we did the rest (laughs) cooked him up um (laughs) uh but then here comes the this is the part where like okay we're making progress like we're figuring things out um so let's all just kind of go to the amusement park but uh i guess like we kind of said it was the kid and his and his older um cousin so I suppose like if we're watching it from his perspective, like he's not going to be sitting there doing any more analysis with his father or anything. So it's funny. I always found it funny in these movies, how quickly just everyone snaps back to reality after yeah. insane events of like cities just being destroyed mm-hmm. and like, oh, my God, we just saw a 300 foot monster walking around. You don't see that every day. And then like just back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> Moving on. Well, we wake up and it's a new day, so yeah. <laughs> let's go to the amusement park. But um, this is when Hidora kind of comes back. He's poisoning everything in sight, like we talked about. He's munching up a bunch of cars. Uh, Godzilla comes in to intercept intercept him and punches like right through him. Like he walks up and just drills him, um, but the <laughs> But the poison is starting to affect him, too. So he's like, I think he like does like a front flip and just like passes out or something like that. Um, And then we realize like, okay, he he has a weakness, but Godzilla hasn't figured out, figured it out yet. Uh, Humans haven't figured it out yet. 
So what do they do? Um, they decide to uh, plan a party at the base of Mount Fuji. <laughs> City. They throw a party. <laughs> <laughs> um, while they're preparing for the party, <laughs> the the population is getting re- like the average people are getting super upset. So we get this crazy, crazy montage video of like news reports where people are screaming um, at their televisions, everything, everybody's going crazy. Um, Meanwhile, um, the kid's father may have found a weakness and that is uh, basically sticking it kind of like in a microwave. Hmm. Like in between um, these two yeah, big yeah, metal like the, plates, the, like the electric rays or something. Yeah, so electricity is going to basically dry out the uh, the sludge portion and just leave the bare mineral, which will be nothing but diamond and, and mineral essentially. So um, they want to move forward with that and. In the meantime, the um, the cousins, the young couple, they go to their party at the base of Mount Fuji, which is like this strange, like '60s music video. Like it starts out like very dark and like like it's literally in like black and white. Right? Yeah, it's like it's a, like in a sepia. They do what, like some kind of sepia film. That's so exactly I, what I'm talking about, though. When I said it earlier, like the way this movie shot, it like randomly just it's not consistent it like turns into like a french or like a a european like silent movie or something like that for maybe like two minutes or something yeah it's so weird and also the question that we really should be talking about is how did the band (laughs) hook up their electric instruments oh man that's a good question you knew i was going so i can't can't let that one off the hook (laughs) so what happens is like we're in this kind of french um a sad like literally like silent sad movie everyone's like sitting in a giant circle in this like sepia tone no one is speaking and they're just staring at each other and then finally the older cousin character stands up and just like screams and like yells. he's like let's let's give our energy to the universe and then the like electric drums just like fire up and they're just like and it's like the party starts and then there's just um big a giant bonfire everywhere um yeah and then they just kind of jam out yeah um, the kid is there for some reason and he quote unquote, he claims that he receives a telepathic message from Godzilla. Um, I'm sure this whole entire party was just tripping like crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, including the kid. 
this telepathic ability who knows at this point yeah that's true (laughs) this whole thing could have just been one giant trip yeah they could have just been on the base of mount fuji the entire time (laughs) just like dreamt up this entire thing (laughs) um i didn't have this in my notes but now that i'm thinking about this scene you may not remember it but there are a group of people with like dirty faces looking through like watching the people party. I don't remember that. What? Like, what was that? <laughs> I have to go back and see that. There was no ex. I, I don't. What do you mean I, they had dirty faces? It was like they were like. I wish I could remember. Volcano, vol- volcano, volcano people or something. Like I, I don't think there was an explanation for this, but there was like people. Did they almost look like tribal or something? Not even, not even, not tribal quite. Like, it was like hmm. almost like homeless people. And they were just like staring through the uh, the vegetation at the people partying. There was at least two, if not three of these shots. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, what are these people doing? And where are they, where are they coming from? Where are they, how are they going to play into this? I probably just like, I don't know what that was and just forgot about it. <laughs> I don't think it's ever explained. But um, anyways, his telepathic message was was true that uh, Godzilla and Hydra show up. And this pretty much kind of cascades into the final um, act of the movie. So the the experiment that we kind of talked about earlier about how they were going to like put Hedor in like a microwave essentially and dry him out. Um, well, the experiment works and somehow this doctor scientist is able to kind of pitch this to the, uh, to the Japanese defense force and they construct like this giant, um, electricity generator thing that they need to get, um, Hedora to walk in the middle of it and then they just fry him. And I'm, then I'm he's already laughing at what's about to happen. Then he's just basically like a cooked egg kind of thing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us what happens next. Uh, so in this fight, there's a lot of stuff that kind of takes place in this fight. They kind of slowly ease themselves into it. They're kind of circling each other, kind of sizing each other up. Yeah. Heater, Heater <laughs> is like, is this where Godzilla does the whole mouth thing? Is that this movie? <laughs> yeah. And he does like the mouth thing and then the kid imitates him. So Hedora is basically full power, full size. So Godzilla's kind of like, whoa, he's a little bigger than the last time I, I went toe to toe with him. Um, I think this is the part where... Okay, so Hidora like shoots like a smog shot at him, like a like the blob of like this crazy um, nasty sludge. It like knocks like one of his eyes like out of commission temporarily. So he's got one eye. Um, so he's getting like fired up. He's pretty angry. Mm-hmm. Um, the hippies try to intervene because they see Godzilla's kind of like on the back foot, and they start throwing like fire at him, like yeah. they're little like. Uh, like torches and stuff like that. They get like an infinite amount of torches somehow and they start <laughs> hurling at him. Um, but this he like 
releases his smog attack and it like just decimates them immediately. Like it literally like wipes across the screen and then they're all just on the ground and they're dead. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so much for that party. While this is happening, Godzilla kind of like gets the advantage on him. Like Hidora like kind of turns. Godzilla distracts him by like hitting a rock with his tail. And while he's turning, <laughs> Godzilla punches like through him again. Um, does some damage, but it like burns it like burns the crap out of his hand. Like he pulls it out. I I couldn't tell if it was like bones or if it was just like white from like like a chemical burn type thing. I think it was a burn. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, the next kind of thing, like Godzilla, kind of like gently like pushes him over. Um, but that's kind of like the end of kind of this this like squishy, um, not really dangerous Dora because he transforms his head, like kind of pulsates, and now he has laser powers. And can shoot lasers. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> Transforming um, at random. Yeah. And like how he's developing these abilities are just unknown to me. How like, mm-hmm. where are the lasers coming from exactly? Yeah, it comes out of the top of his eyeball. I know, which but is like how, never explained. Why? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> just happens. <laughs> um, but after this happens, he's he kind of like He's like in max power mode. He knocks Godzilla over. He's going to take him out of the area. Um, this is the note. There's another shot of the weird people watching what's going on. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure what that is. So I wasn't sure where this was going. Like, hey, was he just going to like drop him in the middle of the of Mount Fuji? Like in an act, like maybe like blows the top off the volcano or something like that and throws him in there. But um. He drops him to a giant pit and starts filling it with sludge. And I was like, oh, wow. And I'm kind of like, man, Godzilla's like kind of, he looks like he's almost defeated. Yeah, Hidora, yeah, he got him good. And like Hidora's kind of like got the upper hand. He's like just going to fill like this pre like dug Godzilla sized grave, you know, like with sludge and um luckily like just in time the defense force shows up and drops uh drops an oxygen bomb like right next to him um we kind of get like we cut back to the humans like for briefly um and then we just kind of see like these flashes in the distance like like obviously godzilla starts fighting back and they start kind of going at it a little bit more um, but in kind of that tussle, uh, the power lines are knocked out, which is something that they need to kind of, you know, power this giant, uh, yeah, the electrode thing. Yeah. Electro microwave thing. Yeah. <laughs> this movie doesn't really have the jets flying in. No. The lines of tanks, the, uh, the troops. They, they do have a line of. Like the the head they want. Remember when they were trying to direct it into? They do have like a line of like army vehicles. Yeah, like but, with the headlights. But yeah, there was several things of this movie where we, we were saying it earlier. Like it does something different, and that's what I appreciate. Like two giant like cookers to fry up the enemy. Like come on, <laughs> like, you don't see that every day. And 
Uh, yeah, they they don't even attempt to do like the bombings on him. Like that, that's uh-huh. not even, usually in these movies, like send the Air Force in, bomb him, and that doesn't work. Like okay, we gotta do something else now. Like they didn't even do that in this movie. At least I don't remember. Right, and that's this is when I'm starting to realize that because like there's like three trucks that are just like flashing their lights, like you said, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wait, where's the, like the big giant like tank battalion that's supposed to roll in and. Yeah. Where like the big rocket trucks that are just gonna like launch a bazillion rockets at it. Like we don't really get any of that. And like we get some helicopters that kind of fly overhead, but we don't get like the big like jet scene where the jets are flying real close and real low. And so then the question that I have for you then from that is like are we supposed to assume that uh these humans in this world are learning and they're just like, you know what, the army ballistics useless. Ta- tactics have not worked uh let's just go crazy from the start let's just think of something outlandish from the start <laughs> and that's usually what ends up happening uh so like, is that is that the what's happening here are they just learning from their mistakes in the past maybe because <laughs> i mean they pretty much like take the the word of like that scientist like right off the bat they're like okay yeah. like that's this is it this is what we kind of <laughs> do there's no like well we're just gonna try to hurl a bunch of lead at it like it's usually and... like a secret operation type of thing yeah like the army does their thing and then we have like the journalist and the, mm-hmm. the scientists who are like we gotta <laughs> do our own thing like they're not listening to us and and they somehow sneak in and their tactic works but this movie yeah it was, it was a different attempt they were just like okay whatever that's what we're gonna do basically what it kind of comes down to like Godzilla knocks out the power lines. Everybody kind of freaks out Um, when he puts Hidori like into this like area. He realizes that the thing's not working. So he uses his own um, uh, like atomic breath to fire the machine up and fry uh, Hidori. Um, he rips out like two orbs, which I'm assuming are eggs, or maybe it's like eyeballs or the life force, or I'm not sure, but yeah, I wasn't exactly clear either. But he fries those to a crisp, which I think this is like really cool. Like, this is, I was like, man, he's just like tearing into this guy. Like, I don't know, we don't know, we don't see that a whole lot, um, in some of these earlier movies, but. He thinks he's done and he kind of like kicks like a rock just to kind of drop it on him, like for one last little um, kind of sayonara kind of thing. And boom, um, mini Hidora kind of pops back out. Um, <laughs> and flies away. He flies away. Godzilla, I don't know if this is the first time he's done it in oh, the it's movies. The first time. It is? It's got to be. This is amazing. Oh, it's got to be, yeah. He uses his atomic breath flight, and if you don't know what that <laughs> is, he intentionally turns backwards, so he's like, kind of like, hey, I want to go, like, if you're, like, if you want to go north, he turns his back in the direction of north, like, yeah. with his head facing south, and then he blasts the atomic breath with enough force that brings him off the ground and he looks like a little half moon with his tail curled up, like flying through the air. It's the exact same thing you would do if you were trying to fly with a fire extinguisher. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just hold the fire extinguisher and hold it out and hope it propels you up. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. He just takes off. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, Another memorable moment, like the pollution monster and Godzilla flying. So he uses this power to intercept uh, Hedora, knocks him out of the air, picks him up, flies him all the way back to the machine. At this point, we think the humans are done fixing it, but they've failed completely. So he powers it up again himself, refries Hedora, and then boom, that's it. He's, he's dead. <laughs> and he like goes on to just like there is not a whole lot left of him from that point, but he just like obliterates it, just rips it to pieces even more. So mm-hmm. roll credits. And that's the end. He goes <laughs> out to see Ken, uh, the little kid Ken says goodbye. And that's it. That's it. What a movie. What a movie indeed. It was it's quite an adventure. Um, so do you think threw... of the time did, did anyone heed the message? You know, was anyone I don't know. I got to make some changes. This guy I'm scared if this fedora comes to real life because of our pollution. I don't think so. <laughs> Because we're here now in the 20th century, 21st century. The problem is just as bad. Yeah. Um, So maybe we need to have a sequel. There was supposed to be a sequel. Yeah. So kind of a part of what we were talking about uh, early on in the pod, uh, the director got a lot of bad feedback. (laughs) So like... uh, somebody high up claimed that he ruined Godzilla, which I feel like is like a, a theme now. Yeah. Like now that I've read a couple of these reviews and like summaries, it's like whenever a Godzilla movie comes out, somebody thinks that Godzilla has been ruined by whatever movie just debuted. So it does seem like that every single episode that we've done, it's always like, this is the end of the line. Like you've ruined us type of movie. Yeah, that's it. And then, like, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we we kind of hit a lot of the themes that I wanted to like touch on. Um, I'm trying to look at my notes real quick. Yeah, that, that visual art. Some of the visual style stuff I was really into. Some of it. I don't think landed pretty like very well, like the that sepia kind of portion of it. I was like, well, this is a little too far out. Um, Yeah, the cartoon like interim shots kind of helps break the movie up um, into like little. I guess like sections or what would you call that? it's like an end of a end like scene. a chapter yeah like end, end the actor or whatever you know yeah end of actor end of chapter like i thought that was kind of cool. i thought that was pretty cool um i just thought yeah, the cartoons were so weird quite honestly yeah they, they were it's just, just out there and like random <laughs> but um yeah it's if you have not seen this movie i would just go in i don't know open mind like it's yeah, I mean, you you may see some things that you're just like, oh, okay, this is a 
interesting and you may see some things where you're just like oh my gosh what the heck were they thinking but yeah it's definitely a movie where it's worth the watch just because there is no other movie like this yeah it's just it's out there like if you there's movies that i think are better than this movie but it that fall victim to just like being another Godzilla movie, just done a little bit better, like yeah. just a little bit more entertaining, but there's nothing really unique about that certain movie where this one, like this is unique for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this will stand out in your head as it has with Connor and obviously now me as well. So yeah. Yeah, you'll, you won't forget Hedora, the pollution monster. <laughs> And maybe one day you'll be able to spend hundreds of dollars on a figure. Um, <laughs> I don't think I will. It's the ugliest thing ever. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. even know. Even if it was cheap, like, I wouldn't want that sitting on my desk, like, as a, like, I don't know, piece yeah, of Yeah, it's not, like, aesthetically, it's not symmetrical, which, like, obviously a lot of the monsters are. Um, it's very different, like, a lot, like, like, like it is the embodiment of this movie. It's just different and random, and it changes. So yeah, it's just so. There's a lot of layers to this film uh, that I just like said that. Fifteen hundred dollars for a foot tall <laughs> smog monster. Who would pay that? Honestly. Uh, yeah. I mean, people are out there. That we need to get some. Godzilla versus the smog monster fans. Maybe we'll just do like a interview episode where we just get them one after the another. Are, are just... there a, like a fan base here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'd have to do some searching, but yeah, interesting movie. yeah that's uh, that pretty much all I wanted to hit on. Any last thoughts there, Connor? No, I think we hit on everything for sure about this one. Awesome. Um, so like we said, if you haven't seen it, check it out. You'll remember it. Um, if you have seen it, well, you probably have your own thoughts on it, which is awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, so what are we going to watch next time, Connor? Or do we, we know yet? I know. We know. We Ooh. are going to watch. Uh, we did Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla 74. So mm-hmm. I figured, you know what, while we're in the era, let's finish up with the Mechas and do Terra of Mechagodzilla 1975. All right. I'm looking forward to it. That sounds awesome. The Mechagodzilla's, I mean, we, we just, yeah, we, we just got to do it. So Yeah, there's only two in this era, so we might as well just knock it out now while we're chilling in the Showa era. Heck yeah. So looking forward it. to it. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for this episode. Um, I thought this was pretty awesome. I'm glad we we checked this one off and um, we will talk soon. And by soon, I'm probably about three weeks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, three weeks, four weeks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure, Connor. Um, thanks for jumping on with me. Uh, any last uh, comments before we jump off? No, thanks for having me. It was a good time. All right, we'll see you all soon. All right, bye-bye.